Well, the series is called Wise Moves in Life. We're in the book of Proverbs. So if you have a Bible, go with me to the middle of your Bible, to the book of Proverbs. If you see in the middle of your Bible, Psalms, just turn another few pages to the right. You'll get to Proverbs. I'll be in chapter 4 this morning, although the Proverbs are little nuggets. And we ask you to give us your maybe your favorite. At the close last week, and I asked that uh, question, a guy walks up to me and goes, foolishness is bound up in a, in a kid's heart, and, and the rod will correct that. And he just, he gave me his favorite proverb. I go, you have a junior hire, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. and, but you, you'll have a favorite, uh, a favorite proverb, and that's okay. Give them to us. We'll use them during the series. Uh, in this series, too, what we want to talk about are the best moves in life because we're all on a path making progress somewhere along a path. And you have to watch the signs. You want to make the best moves while you can because you're put here for one life and that life is slipping by. And people will always tell you, don't blink. Why? Because life goes by faster and faster. And you want to live the way the maker designed you, the God of heaven who is your maker. The way he designed you, that's the way you're the most blessed, but it's the most fulfilling as well. We learned last week that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, fools don't like, they despise wisdom. They despise the right use of knowledge. They despise instruction. They don't want to be told what to do. Anybody know a fool? No, don't, just raise your hand. You know a fool? Yeah. Anybody played the part of a fool for a day or a, a week? Yeah. All of us have it moments. That was not the smartest move in the world. Yeah. So we, we all have had foolish moments. We hope we aren't defined as being foolish people. But fearing the Lord is the beginning of, of this wisdom to get this knowledge that we need. That's not the arrival. That's the starting point. So we take God seriously. We listen to his commands. We follow him. And that's where wisdom begins. And when we buck that, we know that's because of our own independent spirit. It's because we, want, we know we want to go our own way, do our own thing. But if we will fear God, listen to him, get his perspective, what will happen is we'll begin to see God as awesome because that's who he is. He is awesome. But not only awesome, he's also holy. And we'll treat him as such. And he is right. And that we will follow him in all the decision-making of our lives. And then as we follow him in decision-making, we can give him the credit for everything that happens in our lives. And so what we concluded last week, just by way of summary, is this. When we, when we fear God more, we will fear life less. When we fear God more, we realize we're ultimately responsible to him and accountable to him. We will fear life and the events and the people and all the strategies of life, all of that will we'll not fear people or friends. We won't fear government and jobs and economies. We won't fear all that nearly as much as we fear God. And we'll fear life less. Now, if you didn't get the full of that message, you can get online and listen to it online. You can also get it off the app. I, I just, even when we tell you that, I don't want you to miss it. Because I think something special happens when you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and you sing and you listen to the prayers and you, you kind of have the moment of worship. If you can't be here, the app is a great way to go. If at all possible, I think it's just good to be in the room uh, and hear the word and take it in in the group. In the group, there's something I think special that happens during worship. So the more I'm aware that God is uh, is is my creator and that he has the answers to my life the less i fear about life and i have a kind of holy confidence a kind of wisdom and solomon will underscore that and proverbs chapter 4 will pick up there listen my sons generically my sons and daughters my children to a father's instruction pay attention and gain understanding i give you sound learning 
so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me, and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn from them. Stop there. Back up. My son, it's too much. Verse 3. I'm a son to my father, still tender, cherished by my mom. I have a mom and a dad. So he's saying, I, 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 I'm fairly fortunate here, but they taught me. He said, take hold of my words. And when, if you do that, you're going to live a long time. Uh, have you ever heard a mama say, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out? That's what this reminds me of. Yeah. Yes. Like those mamas that do that. This is a dad that's saying that. I, your life's going to go better if you'll just pay attention. Get wisdom. Verse 5, get understanding. And don't give up on those words. Don't forget my words. Don't turn from them. Don't think you can go a different way around the words. Don't redefine the words. Take the words for what they mean. Do not forsake them, verse 6. She will protect you. See how he personifies wisdom now? When you do not forsake wisdom, she will protect you. Love her. She'll watch over you. Get this. If you'll just apply the truth you know from God and apply that's the right use of knowledge, that's called wisdom. When you do that, it will protect your life. She will love you. Wisdom will love you. And wisdom will watch over you. It's a better life when you live the wise life. Verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. This is the key verse of the day. Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have. Get that. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her. She will exalt you. Embrace her. She will honor you. Get that. Even though it costs you all you have, get, get this wisdom. Why? Because you, you can get all kinds of stuff in life, but if you don't get wisdom, it doesn't matter what you gather. It doesn't matter how much money you make or what kind of promotion you have. Something will melt down and go away on you if you don't have wisdom, the right use of that. So cherish her, she will exalt you. She'll take care of you. She will exalt you. Get that. Embrace her, she will honor you. You will actually rise if you'll just be a wise person. She'll give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. I, I love verse 7, really the key verse to the passage. In the message, which is really a paraphrase, that puts it this way. Above all and before all, do this. Get wisdom. Exclamation mark. Get wisdom. Above all and before all, get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list. Uh, the writer of the message knew we're list makers. We are. Throw your arms around her. Why? Believe me. Why? You won't regret it. You'll just go get wisdom. And then, of course, the New English translation. I like this. It really summarizes, I think, the, the passion of, the pa of that passage. Verse 7, again, from the New English translation says, Wisdom is supreme. It's the top. So acquire wisdom. Whatever you acquire, get understanding. You need to figure this out. Why? So not only do you do the right thing, but you, you believe in it. You know it's the right path, and you have confidence, a holy kind of confidence in it. When you get wisdom, you'll make better life choices. You just will if you'll get wisdom. If you'll fear God and love him and do what he says, he says you're, you're going to have a better life than if you buck against that. So you get wisdom because it's supreme. Now, we are, by nature as Americans, many of us are gatherers. We, we like to collect things. How many of you have a collection of something at home? 
it's okay. It's in church. You're all right. How many of you like just to collect stuff just in general? Yeah, you just like to collect stuff. How many of you are just hoarders? Hoarders, yeah. And then how many of you, how many of you are detoxers? You are dumpers. You take stuff to the trash. Yes, okay. And, and then you take stuff to the trash, and how many of you hoarders go out in the night and pull it out of the dump and bring it back in? It's okay. Yeah, we're collectors, aren't we? Someone threw this good thing out. I'm going to use it someday. It's a 78 RPM record player. We don't even have those records. There. They're going to come back. They're coming back. And, and, and the person who's holding it, tell me what RPM means. I don't even know, but I just know it's going to come back. So we have, we have gatherers, collectors, and then we have, we have people who are dumpers. They just get rid of stuff. It, doesn't it just tick you off when someone throws out your favorite flannel shirt? Doesn't that just vex your spirit? Make you, make you want the preacher to talk about keep your hands off my clothing. Doesn't that? Yeah. And it, it's just when you find out it's already gone or it's become a rag or it's been ripped up into rags and you find it in the garage, you realize, that's my favorite shirt. Not anymore, it's not. It's done. We are by nature collectors. My, uh, my dad... Um, I, I think I've told you this story before. My, my dad's in heaven now, and, um, and he's having a good day there, so it's, it's all good. But when I was a teenager, my dad was a pastor of a church in the Midwest, and uh, I went to summer camp, and, um, and at camp, there was a lake, there's a cabins and a lake. It was a great time. And then my dad shows up at the end of the week, and he being the pastor, he's going to preach the final message at that camp. Um, but some teenage boys decided they were going to throw Pastor Huffman in the lake. Yes, my dad, the all-state fullback, who wore a leather helmet with no face mask. I mean, none at all back in his day. That gives you an idea. So my dad said, hey, that'd be great. Throw me in the lake if you can. And, uh, and he had someone hold his wallet because he didn't want to get that wet. And then they began to pick him up, you know, like a mosh pit, pick him up, and then they're going to carry him out to the lake. And um, I jumped in initially, and then I got to seeing what was actually happening. My dad was going, oh, you want the arm? Go ahead, take that arm, take that arm. And what they didn't realize was he was actually hooking all of their arms because my dad is a gatherer. <laughs> if you get my gist here, and then there's guys down at his feet, but he's wrapping his legs around them and... Oh, yeah, carry me off, yeah. And they took him out to the pier, the deep end, and one, two, three, and nine guys fell in the water at once. <laughs> I was so glad that I actually opened my eyes. And went, well, I don't think I want to be any part of that. I, don't, I think ticking off the minister is a bad idea. But he wasn't ticked. He just decided if I'm taking a baptism, so are you, you know. Dad was a gatherer. And if ever there were a need for us to be gatherers, what's the text saying? Whenever you gather something, make sure it's wisdom because it will reward you. Go back to that text. It will exalt you, verse 8. It will honor you. You cannot miss if you'll go after just getting, getting all the wisdom you can get. But you know, unfortunately, most people won't do that. Okay? 
let me let me unpack for you what we we just mentioned last Sunday. There's basically four kinds of people in Proverbs. There's there's several others. There's the sluggard and the hard worker, the disciplined, and there's the adulterous person. But 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 there's four key ones you want to get. The first one is the simple. Uh, Proverbs 7, 7. I saw among the simple, there's the simple-minded person. I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. And I stop right there and I go, I don't know many young people I know who had sense. This is a naive person. They're wise because no one told them. They're, they're unwise because no one told them. So they, they're at this point in their life, and, and time will solve this issue. They just need to grow up a bit and have experience a few things. They need to be around the right people at the right time and get the right kinds of experiences. Why? Because they are young, and they have no sense. They just don't know. Uh, Taylor Swift uh, put it this way in a song called 15. When you're 15, someone's going to tell you they love you, and you're going to believe them. And she ends the song, and at 15, I didn't know who I was supposed to be. At 15, you don't know. If you get told, I, I love you, and, and, and I had a high school teacher say, I'm in love, you know. Kids would say, I'm in love. And he'd go, it's puppy love, but it's real to the puppy. It is real to the puppy. You think this is it. Yeah. Growing up is hard. And so we, even as a, a young person, you need people around you who will help you make right decisions. And, and we need people who will speak into us the truth. You're not ready for that. You don't want to hear that, but you need to hear that. You need to hear, that's a binding contract. Be careful if you sign that. That's a binding contract. Your word now is on the paper. Um, that's not true love talking. That's hormones talking. And if your mom or dad tells you that believe them believe them and then or, or here's the deal when you're making a big decision give it a day give it a day why because it it helps the emotion kind of settle i knew a couple that had impulsive spending habits and they took their credit cards I thought this was the cutest thing they took their credit cards put them in a little tupperware box and then filled the box with water put the lid on it and put it in the freezer and you know what happened? They stopped impulsive spending because by the time the ice melted, they would pull it out. We want to make this decision. We don't want to buy this thing. By the time it melted, they didn't need it as badly as they thought. Isn't that cool? Or warm? Oh, well. You see, sometimes you just need people around you to tell you the truth about life. And that could be uh, your parents, godly parents. It could be a godly circle of people maybe in a church setting like this about a circle of faith it may be family people but it may be non-family people who just uh want to give to you perspective and they're not your bosses they can't fire you they're they're not in any any line of power they may be out for your best good that's really what love is and that's what the simple person needs but then there's the fool the second category of people the fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes Proverbs 10, verse 23. So the fool is no longer just simple. This person takes delight in seeing destruction happen. They like wickedness. They laugh at it. But a person of understanding delights in wisdom. The fool, um, this person knows better, but still chooses to do the high-risk, 
bad thing. They, they're, they're, and there are fools everywhere. Fools work their schemes, and their schemes are pleasurable. They like what they do because it creates chaos. They like that, and you know what? Some people say, if you sin, it'll be miserable. No, I don't think so. I think sin could be pleasurable. The Bible says that. Even for a season. Now, you'll help, we all have payback, but sin oftentimes can be pleasurable just for the moment. And that's what a fool does, is he goes to that end of life and plays the part of the fool. And, and if you get a group of fools together... That's a pack of fools. Now, if, you have, if you're making bad decisions and all the signs on the road you're on all say this is not going to end well, every bit of wisdom says don't go down this road. But you're going down that road, but you say, but other people are on the road with me. I'm with my friends. You know what the answer is? You need different friends. That's the answer. And that's, that's not a point in the message, but there, there is a place for this. It kind of is a sub-point that you... You need godly voices in your life just to give you perspective, an aunt or an uncle, a, a, a godparent who will just give you a bit of wisdom. And it isn't anything you have to do. They're just going to give you great perspective. Otherwise, you play the part of the fool. And, and then get away from those friends because even, even the best person, if they're in bad company, it will corrupt good character, the New Testament will tell us. It'll be hard for you to stand and do the right thing when you're around so many fools. You need to get around people who are smarter than you and who are making better choices than you're making. That's the way you grow out of that. Now, if that doesn't happen, what's going to happen is this. God will use the hard times of life on the fool. And sometimes that pain is placed there by God himself. I think a sovereign Lord of heaven. And he's just letting natural consequences out and sometimes as parents we don't want that but sometimes we have to allow that why because we've got to knock the foolishness out and the sooner we do that the better so you have number one the simple a step down from that is the fool and then a step down from the fool it gets even worse yes it does it's the mocker thirdly there's the mocker proverbs 9 verse 7 whoever corrects a mocker invites insults Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Wow. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will, they'll love you. you. You challenge a wise person, he'll think about it for a while. But if you do that with a fool, they'll just hate you all the more. So if you decide you want to go head-to-head -head against a mocker, know that you're up for insults and abuse. That's a, that is a risk you're going to have to take. The mocker is really the fool on steroids. The mocker is the one who not only is bent towards foolishness, but the mocker wants to take other fools with him down the path and creates a culture that makes it look like it's cool, like it's really something to go down this path. And why would they do that? They want company on their path of foolishness, but they want to, they want to recruit others to assume the cause of foolishness and be mockers and really stand against. You see it in culture today, stand against godly principle you see it today and what happens is if you get a bunch of them together they actually build an aggression a kind of a culture that says you can't tell me what to do so my word to you is don't go into a conversation with a mocker why because they love debate gets you off track wears you out they abuse you in the process they are never wrong and you know who can change that heart only god you're never going to change that heart just not going to happen why because they're a mocker 
they'll, they'll take your challenge as an opportunity to abuse you. So you get away from them, you may have to distance yourself, and then you pray for them because it's going to have to be a supernatural thing. So you have the simple, you have the fool, you have the mocker. So here's where we want to be. We want to be the wise, the wise. Proverbs 9, 9. Instruct the wise and they'll be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they'll add to their learning. You, you help a wise person and they'll drink it in, take it in, and they'll come back for more. You, if you invest in a wise person, that's an investment. It will come back and they will be adding to their learning. They'll, give, they'll take in everything you said and then they'll go another step further. This is the person you want to be around, and this is the person you want to be, is the wise person. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, verse 10. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You see, here's the deal. We are on a path, and there are signs along that path, along that roadway. And you can read those signs. This isn't good. This is led towards destruction. You can get off that path. And the good news is you can get off the path and head towards the path of wisdom. But if you keep going, only you will be the one that is surprised. Everyone else is not surprised. They go, yeah, that's kind of what I expected. It's not a surprise to your friends. Why? Because you went down that path. That's only the natural thing to happen. And so the sooner you get off that path and get on the right path, the better off you'll be. When our kids were first driving, and one of our kids, um, uh, they they got their license, and then they would, t and then we would let them out slowly. We didn't have night driving. We didn't allow certain things to happen, but we just had certain prescribed routes, just so we'd know where they were. So, um, and we're not trying to be controlling. We just we just don't have time to go looking for kids. You know, sure enough, one of them calls, and um, hi, Dad. Hi. What you doing? <laughs> okay, what's up? Um, I don't know where I am. Oh, you don't? Okay. Are you, you're pulled over, right? That's one of the rules. You have to pull over to call. Yeah, I, I pulled over. Okay, is your door locked? Yeah, it's locked. I'm in a parking lot. Good. It's good that you recognize that you're lost. Okay, that's number one. Affirm them. You're lost. Admit that. Good. I can't tell you how to get unlost unless you tell me where you are. I don't know where I am, Dad. Okay, so what do you see? <laughs> uh, cars going by. Okay, other than that, yeah. Yeah. What signs do you see? They begin to tell me. What buildings do you see? Oh, do you know where you are? You're right around the corner from the main road. Am I? I just turned a blocker. Yeah. You know what? Five minutes. It that off the path was back on the path. How quick. She recognized, lost immediately. I need help. Stop, look at the signs around, figure this out, get back on the path. Have you ever been lost and you didn't know it and then an hour later you realize, oh my gosh, I'm lost. You ever had that? Oh yeah. Yeah, and you realize, oh, now I have to backtrack. Understand, if you do that for a life, a decade or two, You've lost a decade or two of life. How tragic. I've been enamored by some research that's come out of the University of Virginia um, in recent days, and it came out in the form of a book. It's out in some uh, lectures as well. Clinical psychologist who teaches at the university writes about the value of your 20-somethings and why you can no longer afford to waste them. 
I found this interesting. This is not a religious study. It has nothing to do with God or Jesus or the Bible or the church. Or it is about just people growing up. And what they've found is this. We have given young people a pass on growing up. We've called it extended adolescence. And so they're 20, and they don't know what they want to do with their life. We go, that's okay. You'll figure it out. Well, you know what happens? They wake up one day, and they're 30, and they still don't know. And the problem is they've lost a decade. And, and so this, uh, this researcher wrote why your 20-somethings matter and found what happened is this young people today are stalling out and they're losing their life and and because we gave them the pass they didn't apply for jobs they didn't finish education they didn't build anything that got their momentum started they were they're 32 now and they're still somewhere along the age of 18 19 20 21 of where they are in life but they're actually 32 and they've lost a chunk of their life and they can't get it back I don't want that to happen with you. If you're lost, you know what I'm saying to you? Pull the car over of your life. Look at the signs. What's it telling you? How do you get back on the path? And get there as quickly as you can. So how do you get wisdom? Um, l- let me just give to you from the Proverbs a, a, few of the, a few of the aspects. First of all, begin by fearing God. Take him seriously, absolutely seriously. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We we. We unpacked that all last week. But we just sang it. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Awesome in power. That's who our God is. So we, we pull in tight to him. We fear him. We take him seriously. But secondly, we only, don't just fear God. We also tell ourselves the truth. We want to traffic in the truth. Um, from Proverbs chapter 2, my son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you, get that, accept my words and store up the commands. Don't try to make God say what he's not saying. Don't take, oh, I just want to take the parts I like. No, these are his commands. Take them as commands. And look at the objective term. Those are directives from God. Listen to his direct commands. And the source of that wisdom that we so desperately need is the Lord himself. Keep reading chapter uh, 2, verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. His mouth is, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So then I'll get it. So then I'll own the wisdom. I'll own the knowledge. I'll own the understanding. So now no one's forcing me to make a decision. I'm making it because I know this is the best path. Hope that makes sense. But sometimes we help people who, oh, you, you just, you know, we need to help you with better habits. And you, you get, you, they decide I'm going to do these five things, but they really don't want to do them. So it's hard. Why? Because they really don't want to do them. You have to have a change of mind that says, no, I really want to pursue the truth. And, the, and Ephesians will, will call it the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, it's, it's manifold. It's, it's, it's very diverse. It's variegated like in colors. And, it's, and because of that, it's so diverse, it will handle every situation. The Lord will give you wisdom. You just have to be committed to say, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to be committed to the truth. I'm going to traffic in the truth. Because I know that it only comes from you, so it's eternal. It'll last if I just follow. Proverbs 3, verse 1, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands, and keep them where? In my uh, heart. So this has got to penetrate. This has got to affect not only the way I think about life, but it's got to affect even my emotions, the way I 
uh, the way my heart skips a beat, what I am a kindly affection towards. These are, these are no more just rules for my head and stuff I have to do because it's good discipline. That will eventually wear out. Instead, I really believe in this and my heart is in it. And if you find yourself off the path and lost, then stop and say, okay, what are the signs? I, it's not going to work. I need to go this way instead. Because great paths do not come easy. Just like great marriages. Are take, take, they take years and they take sacrifice. They take effort. Great careers take focus and tenacity. Great families take devotion and time. And a great spiritual life as well is going to require the same kind of long haul commitment. And so by all means, if you're on the wrong path, stop, get off that path and make the declared choice to go to a different path. Some time ago, I'll give you another kid's story. Um, we were dropping one of our kids off to college on the Eastern Shore. And one of my other kids came with. And so um, we're in the car and um, we dump her stuff off at this college dorm and we get them moved in, get some extension cords, you know, get the stuff they need, hug them, pray, for, pray over them, and get in the car, act, yay, all happy. And then we get in the car and then cry because we're going to miss them. This is going to be two weeks before we see them again. You know, okay. And, and uh, they're like, hey, see ya, you can go now. You know, that kind of a thing. Try not to be quite so gleeful. So we're, we're traveling back from Eastern Shore. Well, so one of my kids goes, Dad, uh, I got this new phone. I still have a phone that goes, you know, but they've got the newest phone. I go, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, you don't need the paper map anymore, Dad. Okay. Uh, we're going to use my phone for directions. So you're going to call somebody? This is years ago. No, it's going to tell us. Okay. I'm really trusting you because I think I know how to get home without a map. And now I'm going to have a voice inside of a phone telling me, yeah, oh yeah, it's going to be great. But all that phone says is recalculating. <laughs> you mean get off? No, don't, don't get off here. Keep going. Are you sure? Yeah, don't get off here. Keep going. Recalculating. Why is it saying recalculating? Because it's giving us a new route. Well, why is it giving us a new route? Um, because this is a better route. You can only use that like twice after the third time. It's not a better route. We're actually recalculating. It's the only thing I heard that lady say for the next hour. And finally, if, if it were me, frankly, and I were that lady inside that phone, I'd be like, recalculating, 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 Mr. Driver, Mr. Idiot Driver, recalculating. It's a good thing I didn't have any kind of attitude because that's the way I would have felt. We did eventually get home, and I just want to tell you, um, Delaware is a beautiful state. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, stunning. Okay. If you don't pull over and check it, and if you don't listen to the signs, listen to the signals, your whole life will be, okay, we're recalculating. We're going to try to get you there, but you're not making it easy on us. Okay? And that's God in heaven going, I'm trying to get you to the point of wisdom, and you keep coming off track and that makes us have to recalculate just makes the trip longer so pay attention to the path you're on look up check the signs 
and, and here's what I find is this. People say, well, I would follow the Lord and I would do it and I would pursue wisdom. But you know what? I'm going to do that. And here's the deadly word. I'm going to give you three. Here's the deadly word. The word is eventually. Okay? Eventually. In other words, I'm going to pursue wisdom, not today, but, but eventually. I want to live my 20s. Yeah. And even secular psychology is saying, you just wasted a decade. You understand this? this is, these are not preachers or theologians saying that. This is the educational model saying, you are losing it if you don't pay attention to the signs. So eventually is not the answer. Here's the second term. Someday, oh yeah, I'm going to be wise. Someday, we're making no effort to get there. Well, yeah, but someday, I'm going to get there. And then I've had this before too, and this is the number one thing when I ask people to follow Jesus. I'll say, you need to give your heart to Jesus and trust him and follow him in faith. And you know what they'll say? I'm going to do that when I get my act together. And I'll say, if you can get your act together, you don't need Jesus. But you know what? They can't get their act together. And you know what? That's the lie from the pit of hell. And that's what makes them postpone trusting Jesus. It keeps them from turning to the Lord. So don't fall for those foolish mockery kinds of substitutes for the real deal. Because the longer you're on the wrong path, uh, it becomes well-worn. It becomes what you're connected to emotionally. And here's the good news. You can pull off that path and get to a clean path, the right path. And, and you can build a life with confidence. The key is to understand I, I'm following the Lord and I'm, I'm locked in on truth and nothing else. Which leads me to pr point number three. Respond to truth, not to anything else. I'm not sure what's going on, Dion. Do you? My stomach rumbles sometimes, but not anything like that. Do you want me to go to a handheld? Yeah, let's do that. I've always wanted to preach with a handheld. It feels more spiritual. Number three, uh, respond to truth and respond to truth. And I have a blank there and you're going to fill in that blank. Respond to truth, not to culture. Respond to truth, not to comfort. Respond to truth, not to peer pressure. Respond to truth, not to tradition. Respond to truth, not to friends. Don't do that. Oh, because all my friends are doing that. Yeah, they're on the same foolish path. Respond to truth, not because I'm in a time crunch. I have to do this right now because this is what I need for the day, right? For this hour, the urgency of it all. So respond to truth. My son, Proverbs 3.21, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. In other words, keep the path clear. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. Uh, mark that down. Let, let wisdom and understanding never be out of your sight. It's always clear. Again, Proverbs 4.11. I will instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. This is reminiscent for me of John the Baptist, who when he saw Jesus said, may the, may the way be straight, come right to the Lord. The prophets of the Old Testament would say the same thing. And they were, they were re referring to actually uh, um, these pathways that had to be cleared as a city of refuge. And a city of refuge was a town where a person could go 
if they've accidentally hurt somebody and before they could be prosecuted or before the family retaliated, they would run to a city of refuge and be, they could hole up there. And the roads going to those cities of refuge had to be clear. There could be weeds and thickets overgrown. The, the paths had to be straight. Do you get this? And so when he says, get a straight line to wisdom and never get it out of your sight, that's kind of the same thing. It's, it'll be your refuge. Proverbs 17, verse 24, a discerning person keeps wisdom in full view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. In other words, we always come off. This, we always go back thinking, oh, you know what? I could do that a little bit. And you're flirting, you're flirting with fire. It's just not going to work. So when you catch yourself wandering, this is where you need good friends who are not an authority over you, because they, but they are good friends who just have your best interest in mind. And, and those true friends will say, you know what? That doesn't ring true. Just, I'm not sure that's going to help you. And because of that, then you can turn your heart back to the truth. Get off the path of foolishness. Get back onto the truth and wisdom path. And then number four, trust God for the outcome. Whatever would happen, because we can't control the events, but what we can control is, is our response to all that. So we just trust God. Uh, Proverbs Two, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. You'll, you'll want this, but you'll want it knowing it's good for my soul. It's good for my own heart. Regardless of what happens, I know I'm at peace with God. Why? Because I'm doing the right thing. I know it's the right thing. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, but men whose words are perverse. You, you will always have perverse people around you, so always go back to the path of of wisdom and know also that the wisdom is like honey to you it will be sweet to you it will be your hope it will preserve your life so right in front of us there's a path of wisdom and i want you to pursue it because wisdom is supreme it is of first importance it is it is top drawer priority and you'll save yourself a whole lot of pain in life if you'll follow the path of wisdom rather than the path of foolishness. All around us are examples of foolishness. People who've given themselves to all kinds of things and at the end, it just isn't worth it. When you arrive into heaven, you wanna hear, well done, you did a great job in life. And that is the path of wisdom. Would you bow with me in prayer? You tell us once again, Lord, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And we, we hear it again, and we know it's true. It is our own thing. So we, we say to you, all of us, we wish we had more wisdom. You tell us that if we lack wisdom, we can ask you, and that you will give it to us liberally. You will just load us up. And so we're your, your children, we're your kids, and we're asking, please give us wisdom because we know it is supreme. Bless and keep these dear people, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.